Wednesday morning, guys. My name is Jerry Miller, and thank you kindly for joining us on Real Talk with Keith Smith. It's great to connect with you on a show presented by Yes Realty Partners and a supply chain of brands and businesses you can count on in the real estate ecosystem here in Charlottesville, Albemarle County, and Central Virginia. Take a look at the screen, and you'll see our, partner, our partners rotating on. And these are the businesses that Keith Smith has personally vetted through his, man, three decades plus in the real estate business. That says something right there. You are approaching 40 years in real estate, the distinguished gentleman, Keith Smith. Surprisingly, the man is only 54 years old. <laughs> Judah Wickower, our director and our producer, will welcome the always jovial, always full of jest and zest, Keith Smith. Oh, I don't want to say always. Generally. Gen- generally, generally, you know, we, we don't want to, you know give a false impression that I'm out there uh, singing and dancing all the time. But I, get a, I try to do it as, as much as I can, you know. Life is a little too short not to have fun and smile and, and have a good time. And, you know, as, as you get to a certain age, and mine is not 54. <laughs> mine is you're about a decade off, a little less than a decade. Less but you're about, decade. A, you're, about, you're about a decade off. Uh, yeah, you know, when you hit, when you hit uh, north of 60... Life life changes a little bit. It also gets funner too, right? Because you you you, you don't have a little ones. You only get to go see little ones, and and then you come back exhausted and and do all so. But look, I wanted a little programming note to kick off today. We started on Monday talking about. Um, good morning, Kevin Yancey. Hey, good morning, Kevin. Uh, talk about assessments, right? Uh huh. And so since then, I've had a great conversation with Woody Finch. Hey, Woody. And Woody's going to join us on Friday. Oh, very nice. So we're going to kind of revisit that and take a deeper dive into it because, you know, at the end of the day, he is the expert. Yes, he is. Uh, and not only that, he, uh, he used to work for Albemarle County's uh, assessment department. So we're excited about that. Um, what did you find in that conversation with Woody? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I was right. But that's a different Oh, you were right. <laughs> yeah. So it's- well, yeah, I mean, the, the short version of it is, I think we were talking about could the city of Charlottesville um, price into their assessed value future use, and, and the answer to that is no. Huh? Uh, but we'll How let does it, X park it. Well, I think I think. Did you ask him about X. No, uh, this was. Um, we're working on a land trust deal, and he just got an appraisal done for that on it, which, by the way, I'm excited about. What do you fitch him? Fitch him and associates. We bought, we're, land trust is buying for 245 It's appraised at 270 so that was a win. Good. And we're selling it for 200 which is even going to be a better win for the buyer when, when we put it on the market in a couple of weeks. I think – I don't know the answer to that, and we're going to take a deeper dive on Wednesday. But what I think was going on was maybe it was not – assessed correctly in the past and that might be the issue but i'm i don't i'm not in the weeds on that one i do want to dig a little bit into lake monticello market okay and spring creek market and kind of do a little side-by-side comparison before we get into that did he did he have a take on why the sub 250 saw such a dramatic spike in assessments so we did talk about that and yeah. and we went through that and and you know his opinion was is you know people should if they end up with 11 percent increase in their tax assessment they should take a look at that reach out to us or him and kind of take a look at it. he doesn't have a an opinion on he was on the road i was on the road so okay. that was that that kind of 
conversation. But he's going to be prepared for Friday. Fantastic. And what do you we, pitch him on Friday? I can't wait. We can go through that. I did, the, I did an example that you and I did after the show where it was a recent sale and it really only went up 5% uh, instead of 11%. But again, you know, we do this... We've been doing this going on five years now, and every time this time of the year, we have these assessment conversations. Um, and if you feel, if you're out there and you feel that your tax assessment is higher than market value, then that's when you should be reaching out to a trusted advisor. If you think it's below market value... Just be quiet. Good luck. <laughs> you're in a good position. <laughs> Unless you're selling. Less, what is it? Less is more. Less is more. <laughs> Less, is, Less more is more at that point. So I, I wanted to do a kind of a little side-by-side comparison. Um, it, it's rather, rather bleak, uh, to be honest with you. Are in talking Lake, inventory? Inventory. Um, we are, if you take out in Lake Monticello, if you take out the um, new construction, uh, we're down to six units. And I don't remember, I don't know if you remember it, I don't remember us getting that low. We're pretty low. We're down to six units. But Including you, a fantastic one on 8 Fleetwood Drive. It just hit the market oh, this morning. Look fantastic. at that, huh? Look at you, huh? There's an open house <laughs> word a uh, little birdie told me on Friday, on February 4th at 1.30. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's well, got a very, very applicable listing price of 599000 And it happens to be next to some awesome people. Yeah. But, <laughs> I think this is a home that should sell immediately. It should sell, yeah. You know, so the, it's it's interesting. Um, let's just let's just do a couple of slides, and then we'll kind of take a, a deep dive into it. So, Judith, if we just pop into um, slide uh, number one. So, I'm looking at the drone footage, and wow, that house next door is absolutely beautiful. The one with the boat in it. That's right? absolutely beautiful. <laughs> the one with the boat in it <laughs> that hasn't moved in two years. Is that the one you're talking about? I just love the house next door. Uh, where was I yesterday? Oh. Um, I was with some somebody the other day. I was with a client, and they kept on asking me, "So why you know you don't build anymore?" Oh, it was with Kyle Miller. Oh, I was Kyle with Miller. Kyle Miller. Fantastic. Where'd yes. you see Kyle? I saw Kyle uh, Miller at nine o'clock in the morning. Okay. We were looking at a, a property together. He wanted some advice on a crawl space, so I kind of brushed off my contractor's hat, contractor's hat, and and took a look at it for him. And he looked at me and he goes, "What the hell are you driving a truck for?" Right, you don't. You're not in construction anymore. And I said, for that once every two years that I pull my boat and go fishing. There you go. That's why I got the truck. And he told me I should buy something that gets 40 miles a gallon. I said, okay, okay, Kyle, thank you. Did Kyle have a big truck? No, I was busting his chops. I pulled up and he was in a little car and I was in the truck. So we were just doing the routine. The routine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We were doing Abbott and Costello kind of routine. And Kyle's got his own show. Kyle has his own show, and he says it's going well. That's what he told me. It's going day. well. It's getting, uh, getting him a lot of uh, lead business. Which Good. Is, Good. You know how Good. Kyle's like us. He likes to stay on the stick. A little bit. Slide one. Slide one, my friend. Yes, Slide sir. Slide one. Okay, this is Lake Monticello, Spring, Mark, uh, Spring Creek. Home's on the market. Thank you, brother. Pending and sold. So I did the six-month sold. But if you take a look at it, the yellow is Lake Monticello, and Spring Creek is the red or burgundy or whatever that color is okay. on it. So let's call it a golden burgundy. So even though everybody's talking a lot about Spring Creek, the volume of sales is kind of low. The next one will tell us why. But we're looking about 11 homes on the market right now. Six of them are non that are existing at Lake Monticello and the rest are either a paper, new construction. But I kept them together 
the 18 is what's pending right now. So the 11 is active, 18 is pending. The 86 is what has sold in the last six months. And you see how that line jumps up? Oh, yeah. And if you take a look at, at Spring Creek, it's kind of interesting. There are seven homes for sale. This is a new construction otherwise. Now, keep in mind, Lake Monticello is how many homes? Uh, about 4,300. And how many homes are in, in Spring Creek? Remind at the me of that one. So, so the total number that can be built there is 1,200. There's somewhere in the six to 800 range okay. right now. Okay. So percentage-wise, there's actually more homes on the market in Spring Creek than there is at Lake Monticello. Here's the big caveat. Most of those seven are new construction. Right, and a lot of that they have townhomes, et cetera. Um, two are pending, which are new construction, so nothing existing in Spring Creek is pending at the moment. And in the last six months, months 10 units um, changed hands, sold. Again, we're looking six, eight hundred homes versus 45, 40, excuse me, 4,300 homes. The next one is the interesting so one. So, what's that tell you? Well, the next slide will put it together. Okay. So the next slide is number two, Judah, is the price points. So the yellow is the medium list prices today, median, excuse me, list price today. The orange, or the, excuse me, the, the, the red is the sold price. But see the jump? I mean, Lake Monticello is hovering somewhere around the 450 mark. That's almost $500,000 in Spring Creek. So the price difference is huge. Lake Monticello is hovering around the 350 mark. Sorry, 350. Yeah. Spring Creek hovering around the 500,000 mark and so on. And that's the difference, right? The difference is that the $300,000 market obviously moves a little bit more. There, there are much more uh, units to sell on it, uh, you know, as far as total project goes. But I thought this was an interesting kickoff for the show. A little bit. I got much, much more in-depth data. I love it. Uh, on it, but I just kind of wanted to kick it off because I told everybody I was starting to look a little bit closer at Louisa County, and this is what I'm doing. And I wanted to compare somewhat similar subdivisions to one another, right? Kevin Yancey says three of his friends will be listing homes um, within Lake Monticello by the end of the week. All right. I will mention this live on air. Um, so he says, according to his friends, that the inventory will uptake in Lake Monticello. Dan Pettit is watching the program. Um, he is ch training for a marathon. Oh, good for him, brother. Uh, in Hawaii. Good for him. He says all the pendings are under 300,000. Many in, of the pendings are under 300,000. In, in Lake Monticello. In Lake, Lake Monticello. Yeah, and yeah. he also says Keith needs to also consider the price reductions that are happening at Lake Monticello. Yeah, so I, I did not uh, break into the, the price reduction side of things. Uh, I, the reason I did the list versus sale median was, was for that very reason, right? So at Lake Monticello, uh, you know, the, the uh, median list price is 345 and the median sales price is 350. So, so this is what got listed versus where it ultimately closed. Um, again, that's a, that's a um, six-month block on that. Looking at that, so he he is right. You can take a look look at it a little bit. To his point, um, the median uh, pending price is three seventeen. Thirty three days on market, but it's very interesting if you start taking a look at 
um, some of the actives that are on there, and I'm not including the the new construction. There's really, you know, we're starting to see at Lake Monticello anyway, the DOMs drop a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, so some of the homes, if you go back into the sold side of it, you're starting to see a lot of the homes that are... um, we're on the market for 90 days or more starting to sell now. They're starting to go under contract. So if you take a look at the pendings, and I think that's what he might be talking about, you know, we've got, I'm just going to go list, there's 18 of them. You know, you've got 28, 67, 73, 82, 149, 60, 48, 49, 95. So there's a lot of, of, of high double-digit and a couple of triple-digit days on markets that are coming off the market, which is what we've been talking about a while ago. These are, these are homes that probably went on the market. You can tell went on the market at the end of last year, right? They're starting to sell now in the beginning of this year. But I'm interested in Dan's thing. I mean, taking out the new construction and, hey, we may have three more homes at Lake Monticello, to have six only homes on the market that are existing right now that you can buy and move into out of 4,300 plus is just a huge, I mean, I just never seen that, that kind of ratio before. Uh, you got Stephanie Marshall asking this question is Keith, um, indicating that the current inventory levels are at the lowest levels we've seen in how many years? So that's the point I'm trying to make, right? So are you saying that we're at the lowest inventory levels we've seen in? I can't remember the last time we've seen six. We had, you know, Lake Monticello, it seems, since the unicorn year started, we've been staying under 0.5% of what's available, right? So 1% for simple guys like me is 43 homes on the market. Well, we're at six, right? A half a percentage on that is 20, right? I, you know, we're, we're pretty low. And I tell you, if you take a deeper dive into it, and I don't want to throw shade on anybody's, and again, I'm not like Monticello. I don't want to show any shade on, on some listings, but there's a, out of the six, there's a couple that have triple-digit days on market. So there's something not right there, right? They're either overpriced, not in the right location within Lake Monticello. The features aren't right or the conditions aren't right. I haven't looked at them in-depthly in it, but the, you know, we're at a median days on market, excuse me, medium days on market for active is 47. But when you have like six units that in these, and two of them are in the triple digit numbers, it kind of skews the numbers. To be honest with you, I think out of six, there's probably two to three that are ready that you can walk in. That, Either buy right now, because obviously the ones that are in the triple digits are going to require a bunch of negotiations. Uh, Comments are coming in here. Um, Why reduce price if low inventory? Um, So let's talk about reduced pricing. So That's a question that just came on the feed. Why reduce the price if the inventory is this low? Yeah, so the question is, was it priced right to start with? Right, so price always matters. So if you go into the if the market, and we're just we're just gonna play, uh, you know, just for sake of an argument here. Devil's advocate. Devil's advocate. Thank okay. you. Let's say you've got a house that we do a market analysis for, and it says it's three fifty. 
And I walk in and Jerry says, I want 400000 for it. Okay. And we put it on the market for 400000 It's not going to sell at 400000 It's going to sell somewhere closer to the three fifty because that's what the market is saying right now. So some of these price adjustments have to be looked at very carefully whether they price right in the first place. Does that make sense? Okay, I'm, yeah. So, so I'm less concerned about the price adjustments, more concerned about getting the price right going into it. So the follow-up question to that on a different Facebook page is, again, why reduce the price when there are buyers out there? Because and- nobody's buying it at 400000 There's not a buyer for 400000 mm-hmm. You're overpriced the market. I don't know that for, for a fact, right? I'm not looking at those specific things. I'm just talking in general terms. If Jerry comes in and says, I want to list your house at Lake Monticello, we go in and do our CMA and we do our work on it, and we come in and say, okay, the market for your home right now in this price features and condition is 350. I'm picking a number, right? And you turn around and say, no, I want to put it on the market for $400,000. Me as a listing agent, now have to make a decision if I want to do that or not. Do I want to take the listing or not? Do I want to take the listing or not? So my job is to educate you that $400,000 may be too much. And price matters because most of this, and we'd have to look at it the last six months, how much of it was cash, and I could do that quickly, it's got to appraise, right? So if it, there's three, there's, you know, in a, in a lending situation, there's, it's, there's three... In, individuals or three entities required to basically move the ball forward. There's the buyer, there's the seller, and there's the appraiser, and there's the bank. So if we're overpriced, right, you know, pricing... The follow-up question to that in the same feed is, during uh, the few years of COVID, folks were coming with appraisal gap coverage. That's exactly right. So in the unicorn years, as I call it, yeah, sure. Are we going to go back to that? You know, I think as we get closer to 5.5% on the, on the 30-year fixed, you're probably going to go see that. But you're going to require more cash, right, to bring to the table. So while, while you're typing here, I'm going to look real quick on Lake Monticello on, on the last, because I saved the search I did this morning. Oh, fantastic. Because I'm smart and getting smarter. There you go, because Paragon's <laughs> a little clunky. No, well... Paragon's a little Smith clunky. is a little clunky. Nah, Paragon's a little Smith clunky. is a little clunky. There's a lot of data in Paragon. I just wouldn't say it's uh, super efficient. Well, the, th- the, the thing about Paragon is you've got to know how to use it. No, yeah, I know. Um, folks are asking questions here. This yep. is uh, a topic that's resonating. Are we done with multiple offers at the lake then currently? No. So if you are in the right location, priced right, features and conditions are spot on, like, there is a there is a chance you will get multiple offers. It depends on the price point, right? So I can't speak about the details, but the land trust home that we put on the contract that I was able to negotiate, there was multiple offers on it. We just negotiated. That was a unique price point sub three. That's exactly right. The sub three well, that, price point is. But it's also, it also. You, 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 you use the word unicorn. I mean, sub three, single family detached in central Virginia. I mean, how many of those are out there? And it had the right features. It was fully renovated, and we went in and aggressively negotiated it and got it. We're also able to use cash because we were able to raise enough money, and that made, that made the difference, right? Cash, quick closing, you know, no home inspection. I did it. 
So there you go. Um, and we're going to close it in two weeks and then turn around and put it back on the market for 200000 um, So out of the uh, 86 transactions that happened in the last six months at Lake Monticello, um, 19 of them were cash. So I don't know what that percentage is, but um, let's call it. 25%. Yeah, yeah, it's right, we're hovering around 25%. Uh-huh. Yeah, and which has been kind of the norm lately, 25% of, it, of its cash on it. So, so the answer to that question, um, price always matters. This question's coming down the road from Grayson. Seems like the lake is softening right now. I don't think the lake is softening. I don't think there's anything to buy. So if, there's, if you want not to buy new construction, which is in the fours, by the way, at Lake Monticello, um, and you want to do that, you only have six homes to pick from, and some of them are long on the tooth, which is telling me we're not hitting something of the four first four rights isn't there, right? So it's either price, features, or condition. We know the location already. So I wouldn't call it soft at all. I would call it soft on inventory. I can tell you right now, if there were homes that at the 350 range that hit those right price, right features, and right condition, it would not be on. They would be off the market in days, not triple digit days. I uh, hope that Keith, was helpful. That that makes sense. Uh, the demand. Here's another. This is a good topic right here. The demand for Lake Monticello versus Spring Creek. Is it a different different buyer profile? The it, question comes on the feed. Yeah. And yeah, that's what I think he made with the second slide. That was his point. That, that was my point. Thank yeah. you for putting her. So on the slide number two. You want to put that one back on screen yeah, there, J-Dubs. But let's take a deeper dive into that buyer profile. First of all, the price point is. It's is, probably a move up higher. Well, what it is, it's Keith and Yona, right? Uh, they're new construction, right? So when you're at this 500000 So I think a better question to ask. So if I want to spend between. Let's say between four and five hundred thousand dollars at Lake Monticello in an existing home, or do I want to spend between four to five hundred thousand dollars for a new construction home in Spring Creek? And when you take a deeper dive into the numbers, that's what's happening. You know, you're 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 seeing more of the um, new construction at Spring Creek selling because they have the lots to give. They got another six hundred, over well, roughly six hundred more lots to develop. An interesting thing about Spring Creek, when uh, Chuck Cannon did it, he did it very smartly. What he did is he got the overall, and this was 20 years ago, he got the overall project approved as a master plan PUD and developed it in sections. Now, Dice Hammer took over from in a time of great unpleasantness, but that's what they do. So what they, 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 they sell off a chunk of land that gets developed that gets developed, and they sell off the next chunk of land until they finish. Explain why they do it that way. Uh, well, first of all, it's great cash flow management, um, and second of second of all, it's good um, creates buyer demand. It's great product management. Yeah, it's great mark. It's it's managing the actual subdivision in the market versus Lake Monticello got all built at once. Yeah, it the- doesn't flood the market with inventory, which maintains price points for the neighborhood. Well, what. Uh, I, I can take a quick look at it. You can you can quickly tell where the price point went five years ago or eight years ago against now, and I don't really need to look at it. We know it's gone up. Right, uh, right. But the reality of it is the buyer profile out there, for the most part, is 
you know, somebody move in there because there's, there's homes on there that have primary suites on the main level. They're kind of my age. They're kind of my world, right? Keith and Yona sell our house and move over there. It's in Office 64, right? Right next to shopping. UVA has a medical facility right there. Martha Jefferson has a medical facility there. And you can go get some great... El Mariachi. <laughs> El Mariachi. Very nicely done, And, that, and that is why when... When El Mariachi came, when, when when Steve and Johnny came to me and wanting to know if I thought this was a great idea, I said absolutely. I had nothing to back it up, other than I just knew that 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 was that was the market. It has a new hotel that's getting built out there, you know, water's coming. There's more development going going out there, so that is going. Green is going to be the rock star, right? That's going to be, you know. Okay, so green is. I'm going to see if I can do. Oh, this, here we I, go! <laughs> I can't wait to hear where it goes to this one. Okay. I'm gonna, I saw the wheels. I'm going right to totally like, screw this up. Let's get these wheels going. <laughs> I'm going to totally screw this up because uh, I have no let's idea. See all the hamster wheels moving right now. Asked, it's a little slow. We're getting there. Um, green County is the Taylor Swift. <laughs> oh, we got a pop culture. Uh, how we got that? And I'm just trying to think. What? Well, what's the other one? What's a lesser version <laughs> I of Taylor Swift? I don't know. Yes, you do. <laughs> I don't what's know. What's a less, lesser version of Taylor Swift? Keith Smith. No. <laughs> I don't know. Who would be the lesser? I don't know. Pop. I'm not a. The only reason I know about Taylor Swift is because I'm watching football. No, no, she's that, all over football. Gosh. I would, yeah. Dominating football. So you think that's good or bad for football? Uh, I, think I get off topic a little I think bit. it's great for football. Really? Yeah, I think it uh, has opened up a new demographic of viewers uh, and followers of the National Football League. Having the uh, Swifties, which is arguably one of the most passionate following of, of people um, now into football. Um, for us diehard football fans that have been watching football since we were knee-high to our father, it gets a little tiresome. Because we turn, turn into, we watch football to see what happens on the field. Well, Not to see who's in the press box and, and what she's wearing and, and who she's dating. But I will say this. My wife is more interested in football <laughs> than Taylor Swift in the yeah. press box. And she's certainly pulling for the Kansas City Chiefs. I, we actually had this conversation a few days ago. And how's that going? Uh, she thinks Kansas can I mean, she wants the Kansas City Chiefs to win. I said, why? She goes, come on, Taylor. So then who's the opposite of Taylor? I wouldn't know. I mean, I don't think Judah would know either. Uh, I mean, I don't Anyone you want. I think people tune in to hear to hear you screw it up. Yeah, screw it up. Ariana okay. Grande, you can say maybe. I was going to say Willie Nelson, but anyway. well, there you go. If you had said that, people would have been at at home laughing their tails yeah, off. Yeah, right yeah. There. I, 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 you know, I just blocked out. I couldn't. I couldn't. It's pretty hard not to say Taylor Swift, right? I know. Just and whoever the opposite, whoever the opposite of of it of it is. So look. <clears throat> The question of is Lake Monticello market getting soft? The okay, o- I'm, I'm seeing that. The overall answer for the market is no. A couple of people saying that. Right. So then I'm not doing a good job of explaining I it. I think you're explaining it well. What they're talking about is the uh, days on market are getting longer and the multiple offer scenarios aren't there like they used to be. And, and, and that's normal. And they're also highlighting price point reductions. Yeah. So price. So let's pick those three apart. And this is just what the viewers. Are yeah. Yeah. No. No. I got. I get yeah. it. So uh, price reductions, I discount. It's because sellers typically don't react to the market 
as quickly as buyers do. I'll, I'll jump in here and get out of your way after I jump in here. This is what a, t a seller may see, okay? This is what a seller sees. A seller sees extremely low inventory. A seller sees buyer demand. A seller sees interest rates dropping. A seller sees a popular area. A seller sees a warming climate heading to spring. And a seller sees dollar signs. And all those elements in a seller's mind would conjure top dollar or above market value for their homes. And none of that is wrong. Right. I know. I know. I know. It's, it's just difficult for but the ex but where, a realtor to manage that. Where the trusted advisor comes in and where, you know, look, um, a shout out to Michael Guthrie. Michael Guthrie? Right. Um, he used, he, uh, came many years ago, I heard him say this and I stole it. I would rather disappoint you now than disappoint you later. So what we're saying is if, if a real estate agent is sitting down there and I give you an honest assessment of where the market is now, not what you think the, the, the market is. By the way, it's higher, right? You, you are higher there than this year than it was last year. The question becomes how high? Uh -huh. Is it double digit, triple digit, or single digits, right? So how much is your home worth today taking in those three, excuse me, those, well, we're going to take out location because we know where we are, right? Price, features, and conditions. Let's talk about features and conditions and where the market is on that. And we can pick those apart a little bit. But yes, you will sell your house more today than you did last year if you were to put it on the market last year. You're also going to pay more when you go, to go ahead and buy because this trend is just continuing to go up. But I'd rather disappoint you now and say, look, this is what it's worth than go ahead and agreed to put it on the market higher than I believe is it, the market is willing to absorb, to pay for it. And that is an uncomfortable conversation. And that means I didn't do my job. That means I didn't do my job communicating to you my professional opinion on what the house is worth. And sometimes what happens when we get into a difference of opinion, we say, you know what, we're going to hire Woody Fincham. We'll pay for it. We'll bring Woody Fincham in. And Woody will tell you what the market value is at this given moment. It's what I did with the land trust, right? I, wanted, I paid for Woody to do an assessment on that, which I didn't need to do because it was cash, and say, okay, we're buying for two forty-five. dollars How did I do? He said, you know what? It's worth two seventy. dollars You did pretty darn good. Woody watching the program right now. Hello, Woody Fincham. Hello, Holly Foster and Henrico. Kevin Higgins so and Greenwood. Maybe I'm Seth not Liske and Stanton. Gary Palmer, hello. Maybe I'm not, and the real estate agents that are watching, like Gary, you know, how, how do you have this conversation, right? We, we are professionals. We know this number. We know the market. It's how you communicate it to the client on what the home is worth at the market right now. But we're not soft. And, and the days on market thing, I think we're going to have a conversation 30 days from now, and all these high double digits, couple of triple digit ones on there are going to kind of filter their way out of the system. We're going to get back to a lower days on market. But folks, I've been in this for 35 years, been at Lake Monticello for, for 35 years. 
having homes on the market for triple digits was the norm. When I first moved to Lake Monticello, there were 600 houses built, 300 more, this was in the 1800s, was, was 300 of them. I knew you were thinking it. 300 of, I was not thinking about 300 it. of them for, for sale out of 600. So there was 50% of what was in the market at the time, homes built, was on the market. Couldn't give it away. Couldn't give a house away. But this was the 80s and the 90s. You know, but, you know, what so, percentage of the homes are being purchased by investors has come on the feed? That's a great question. Um, so days gone past, you would think your cash buyers were your investor buyers. That is not the case any longer, right? It's hard to determine that because I can't... I mean, you said, 19, you said 20, roughly 25% of the homes are all cash buyers. But those are probably not investors. Those are... And you'd have to take a look at each individual one. You know, Lake Monticello is also a retirement location, guys. I'd say the land trust purchase is an investor, right? Yeah, you can call that as an investor. I, I don't think I would call that an investor. That's a nonprofit, but you can call it. Yeah. Um, we're not going to. It's not a primary use. Let, let me, let's, buyer. Use a, let's use a different word. Okay. Um, we're not owner occupied. That's for sure. Right. So the question is, is how many homes are being bought that are not owner occupied that are going to be used as rentals? And I just don't know. I can't access that data because we don't track it that I'm aware of anyway. And it's kind of tying it back to what I'm trying to get the Regional Housing Partnership to do through the Weldon Cooper Center at UVA because they have access to that data. And maybe Woody can help us on Friday. He might have access to that data. Uh, but we just all I know is 25% of them are cash. Who those cash buyers are, I don't have information for. Um two different people on the feed here does not seem like inventory is picking up around these parts. Well, and, that's, and, and I think that's the point I'm trying to make. We're now on January 31st. I will say this. I thought there would be more inventory come, come getting out of the holiday season. Interest rates from October to now have dropped over a point, dropped a point. I thought there would be more inventory. Well, there is. Um, Right, so if we, we go back to War inventory from October, I'd be curious to, to compare that. Say that again now? War inventory from October. October was the most expensive month in American history to buy a house. Yeah, so actually I, I've got an access to an account that I can actually do that. Um, it's going to be pretty hard to do on the, fly. On, the, on the fly. But I can tell you, seven days going back, the six jurisdictions, right, which re represents... The car footprint, Charlottesville Area Association of Realtors. There, you said they, it well. There you go, Donna. That's Donna, Donna would do be that. very pleased. We're up to 46 units. We got 61 pending. I can tell you, October and November, those were in this low sink double digits, you know, somewhere between 10 and 15, right? If you remember, we talked about that show after show, and I can look on the phone and tell you what it was in October. So we are considerably higher in inventory. But, we're, but they're coming off as the ones that are in the right location, right price, right features, right condition that hits those things, they're coming off as fast as they're going on. Catherine Lochner asked a question. Catherine, we appreciate your commentary and questions on all our shows. Sincerely mean that. She asked, why is Lake Monticello a retirement destination? I okay. would say not so much anymore. No, it is still. It, it, no, it is. Yeah, I, I have, we've got a couple of 
clients that are looking to buy in there that are, are retire, re, looking to retire. And you know why? Tell me. Go to slide number two and they'll tell you why. Because I can buy at 350. Would you say it's, it's uh, a nice blend of first time home buyers and retirees? So the history of Lake Monticello, which I know it intimately, yeah. started off in 1968 and 1969 when it got created as a vacation community. Right. So the subdivision that I built within that subdivision called the Acres used to be an airport strip. So the, the original goal back in the late, late 60s, early 70s, that people would fly in from, you know, Nova or whatever. That all fizzled out. Back in, back in the mid-80s, a company by the name of Course Control Marketing out of the Poconos came in and put a ton of options on lots and marketed to the New York newspapers. That's how we got down there, right? You're looking at a lot and a house, X dollars. I'm on Long Island, New York, Connecticut going, oh my God. And they came down. That's why everybody's got a Yankee accent. There. And you came down and you brought a bunch of Smiths with them. And everybody brought people with them. Okay. And so the 80s through the mid 90s, it was about 10 years. And I know that because I built... 20 to 30 to 40 houses a year for these folks moving from northern, nor, the northeast down here because it was a lake community, it had all these amenities, it had a golf course. I mean, what a great place to live and retire. Then somewhere in the late 90s and early 2000s, it started becoming a bedroom community. I can tell you, when I was living out there, and real estate agents won't admit this, the ones that have been around for a while, and Dan will probably second this, people wouldn't take Charlottesville people wouldn't go out to Fulvana County, wouldn't go out to Lake Monticello. They, they, and it's really weird where we've become now. There's a house listed in of these six at Lake Monticello that's a Northern Virginia agent. Back in the 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s, you couldn't get people from Charlottesville to go even go look at Lake Monticello. Then it started becoming a bedroom community. And why was that? Charlottesville started getting expensive. There's always been this speckling in of retirees. The group that came in the 80s and the 90s, and I'm sorry to say this, people I built houses for are passing away and we're relisting them now uh, for the estates on it. You know, it's a fact of life. Uh, but you're going to start seeing that, that changeover on it. But we have jumped so high in price point there that, you know, Look, if I'm selling a home on Long Island and I make half a million bucks just to pick a number, I'm going to buy something at 350 that meets all my needs, that is in pretty decent shape, and pocket the rest of the money because maybe I'm living a little longer than I thought I was going to live. And that's kind of these conversations we're having with clients now. Um, it's a, it's a real thing, right? You know, they're, they're kind of hanging around a little bit more than their money can. Yeah. Um, we've got two right now, and I'm bouncing all over the place. You're doing a great job. we got two right now. You're doing a great job. Viewers and listeners like it, too. We have two right now that Yona and I walked out in tears, literally in tears, because they went and did this reverse mortgage stuff mm. and, and didn't have a trusted advisor. Mm. They need to go to an assisted care living facility. They owe way too much on the reverse mortgage stuff and what has to be done to the houses to get it on market. And I don't know what I can do to help them. That damn Tom Selleck with that reverse mortgage commercial. 
You know, I'm not saying it's not, it's not, you know, the simple answer is if you do a reverse mortgage, somebody's got to pay off that note at some point in time. And that's ultimately what's happening here. Both of them took a boatload of money because they outlived their money. And now we're trying to move them into an assisted care living facility with the families. And we're stuck with giving them the bad news that I, I, don't, I think you're going to have to bring money to the table to close this. Your daughter watching the program. Cool. Bill McChesney says hello. Hey, Bill. How's it going, brother? Watching the program. Um, questions. Got a couple more that I want to get to you here. Viewers and listeners, you've made the program fantastic oh, with yeah. your questions today. Thank you very much. Um, to Jerry's point, if the rates are dropping, which they are, why isn't the inventory upticking, which it is not? <clears throat> so uh, this is a, a... Thank you, Carter. I keep on... Uh, thank you, Carter. I keep on forgetting to bring my little... Um, uh, Catherine says thank you for that, Keith. Thank you. Um, uh, thank you for, for what, sir? What is she thanking me for? For your history on Lake okay. Monticello. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I think what's going on here is what we've been talking about, right? If I'm going to put my house on the market, where am I going to go? Right? But there's this, and we were talked about this with Yvonne, there's the dynamics that's going on in the marketplace that I have not, I have not seen in three and a half decades. Right? It's this golden handcuffs. Everything we've been talking about for a while and plus, and I admitted it, I was part of the problem. Because all these homes we built at Lake Monticello, we built them for age in place, right? Thought I was really super smart, right? We did three foot, four foot wide hallways, three foot doors, put primary on the first floor, zero steps. I, I can't tell you how many hundreds of homes we built that meet that criteria, and there was no reason for them to move until life happens. And then that's where we're now helping people of homes that we built 20 years ago, it is now the next step in their life to, to move forward. Randy O'Neill, welcome to the broadcast. So you touch on the inventory shortage issues. Um, and it's almost like, you know, that's why we did the Muppets thing the other day. I know, you know, I don't know what pearls of wisdom I can share other than... I think there's just frustration out there. Yeah. And the frustration yeah, is, yeah. look, we've gone, we've dropped from a point, a point in change from I don't October think... highs... And we're heading into what should be the buying season. Uh, we're at the end of January right now. And you're talking well, about six well, units. Technically, technically, we're now in this. We, as far as tempo of market goes, we're clearly in the, in the spring market, which is a couple of months ahead of schedule. Which is also scary. Yeah. And that there's nothing there really to buy. There's six units in Lake Monticello. And, and, I, and I would make, and I, again, I, I have to dance a line. I don't want to pass shade on anything. But I would tell you, um, probably three of them are not going to move anytime soon unless something substantial happens with price or whatever in it. So you really only have three, in my opinion, for sale. Rob Neal has this unless question Unless you want to do you. the new construction. Please expand on reverse mortgage. In that scenario mentioned in the current value of the home below, what the re reverse mortgage draw was approved for or how do they work? Yeah, so I'm not an expert in that. So we would really need to bring, you know, my coach B or, or somebody in there. But I'll give it to you at a third grade level, which is about insulting third graders coming from me. The bottom line is, if I'm going to help you, it's a loan, right? You were giving your, your reverse mortgage folks 
look at your house and saying, okay, we're going to lend you $300,000. And you get $300,000. The problem is that $300,000 has to get paid back. So now you've got a $300,000 deed of trust on your property instead of having a property that was paid free and clear. So now if you get a $300,000 reverse mortgage and let's say the house, the market value of the house is three fifty. By the time you pay closing costs and yada, 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 and pay that note off, you're lucky if you walk away with, I don't know, 10 grand, 15 grand. I can't do the math that quickly in my head, but you're not walking away with 300 grand. And these two particular cases are the problem because where they're going, I mean, it's tens of thousands of dollars a month for the assisted care. And now they're in this situation where they don't have the capital to make the move over that way and it's it's super frustrating but we can bring on an expert if that's something of interest to talk about it um this question's been put in the feed and granted we we may have opened a pandora's box on this topic what here is that, the reverse what is market? yeah what is the difference then between that and what a home equity line of credit is so a home line of equ- uh, credit is is you pay a monthly fee on it so let's say i own i own a house that uh is valued at three hundred thousand dollars first of all you're only going to get eighty percent of that Right, and you pay a more, you pay you pay a fee. You, you, it's a loan, right? What I understand about reverse mortgages, and I'm, I'm and I'm just trying to help these buyers that have them. All I know, it's a lien on the property, and we've got to satisfy that. And that chunk of money comes right off at the top when we close on it. When you do a line of credit, right? You know, you're in theory you're paying that principal down, depending on how long you've had it. Hope that did a decent that, job. I think that did a very decent job. Uh, but this, we can, we can, we can, we've had, haven't had a loan officer in a while, and, and it sounds like we need to do, we need to bring a couple. A- absolutely. Of this, uh, someone's sharing a link to a recent Harvard study that half of uh, renters find the rental market um, unaffor- unaffordable. Yeah. yeah it's, I think, didn't we not talk about that on Monday? Yeah. That, uh, that we, Half of U.S. renters pay more than they can afford on rent. Yeah. So in, that a, you? in a perfect world, right? 30%. In, excuse me? In a perfect world, should be about 30% of and your And most are closer to 50. Yeah. It, according to this study from Harvard, so we, we need to, 50 we need, or over. Yeah. We need to put context to the 30 and the 50%. That's of your total income. Of total income, that's of right. To, of total income. So in a perfect world, you should be paying roughly a third of your income for housing, and then you know the rest of it, of course, works up the ladder. Most people are at 50-plus percent. And it's interesting. Again, a question for our loan officers. You know, There's requirements on loans, right? And if you're exceeding certain loans, there's a percentage of your income, your, your debt-to-income ratio, you can't exceed. Otherwise, you're just not going get, to get the loan, which then forces them to go to rent, which, oh, by the way, the rent, the landlords now are requiring almost as much information before you sign a lease as you would to be borrowing money. The landlord's uh, first month's rent, last oh, no, month's I'm rent, about your, I'm security about your credit deposit, history. credit score, pay stubs. Earning, I mean, it's 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 no joke, and it's the only avenue available that one can um, discriminate against on who they're going to rent or not. It's your income, it's your fiscal health. You can't, obviously fair housing, and there's multiple um, protected classes for it, but that's kind of the one that's on the book still. That you know, and it, and that'll never go away because obviously, if you if you 
do that, and that's the reason why there's subsidies and so forth and so on. Uh, this is a good question right here. Keith has alluded in previous shows to shrinkage with realtors and the local organization. Has that happened? No. And so, so you were surprised about inventory not dropping, uh, not increasing. I was not. I think I may have spoken about that on some previous shows. You have. This one surprised me. I expected to see less real estate agents in the market this time of the year. Um, I, I may be a year off. I think this time next year, we might be looking at a, at a number. I mean, when 50%, when 50% are doing, in our car footprint, are doing between zero and one transaction, right? And whatever the average transaction is, you know, in order to be a real estate agent, it costs you money, right? It's anywhere between five or six grand, depending on where you're at. And per year. Per year. So, you know, if you're not doing the transactions, it's costing you that kind of money just to hold your license. You know, I, one would think that's section of, of real estate agent would decide not to do it any longer. But I was surprised. I'm very surprised. I think it's only like nationwide 1.7%. And I think uh, Woody can share more information with us. Um, uh, but I think we're actually gaining in car. We're actually gaining agents. And it's really interesting. Um, I have one, two, three, four. You guys are gaining agents? I think they're actually gaining agents. That's I have four shocking. millennials that are talking to me about getting their real estate license. That's shocking. Well, I think it's interesting. These four, if they get their license, will get it. Right, and actually do very well in my opinion on it. Uh, but yeah, it, it, so I, I don't have an answer to that. I, I, I really, I got, I called that one wrong. I call a lot right. That one I got. You wrong. You call a lot right. I got that one way wrong. I was like throwing thirty percent. What are they gonna? What are they gonna sell? They, maybe they don't care. I don't know. You know, maybe. Look, I hold on to a class. Dr. Ward, welcome to the show. I hold. Liza? Uh, Dr. Ward. Oh, Dr. Ward, yeah. yeah. I, I hold on uh, to my Class A general contract as well. Well, I see the value of that for you. But it costs me money. I get that, but you're providing value for your clients. Well, I don't use it. I, I don't... I, Even just saying I have a Class A contractor's license has... Well, value. I have to be careful, right? Because if I have my hat on as a licensed real estate agent... You know, I, I generally stay away from that. I, you know, people just know what I have and what I do from what I'm talking about. But I, uh, when I walk through a house or something like that, um, you know, I always caveat you need to get a home inspector in here to go ahead and look at it. But because of my experience, I'll point out things, right? But I always caveat it. Look, I'm here as a real estate agent, not as a Class A contractor. But what the point I was trying to make is my Class A license probably cost me that. I never really looked at it, but it's probably that amount of money per year to maintain it. Right, because I've got to maintain the corporation, I got to maintain the license, I got to I got to maintain my uh, continuing education. But Jerry, you know, when I die, that's when that license will go away. I am never going to let that license go away. And to me, it's worth that amount of money because you never know. Smith might decide to get a you know what and build again. Did uh, will you allow that? No. Did um, you look into the... Will my children allow that? No. Uh, this question's coming from Jennifer. Did Keith look into the Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority, potential purchase on the mall? Yeah, uh, no. And, and, you know, look, if, if, if that's where they want to put their offices at and they've got the capital to do it, you know, good for them. Uh, I don't really have an opinion one way. One way you don't as, have an opinion? I do not. I really literally do not have an opinion. It's hard to believe. <laughs> it is hard to believe. 
I do not have an opinion on it. Uh, folks, I'm trying to keep on top of good stuff like this, and I'm not in the fight on that one. So, you know, if, if it works for them and they got the capital to do it, good for them. Dan says you're going to be working until you're 90. Yeah, he's about right. I mean, but, he enjoys his job, Dan. But, oh, he's going to be working. No, until you. Him. Yeah, I don't work. I don't work. I've never worked. I love what I do. I love helping people. You know, it's one of the three things, right? He's fortunate, folks. He's got Woody Fincham on the show on Friday. We got Woody on. We got Woody on the show on Friday. We're going to take a look at those assessments. We're going to. We're going to. Among other things, we're going to take a look at that from an expert's perspective. So it's not uh, me and you. Puff. What is that word? Puff, what's that P word? Pontificating. Yeah, there you go. Uh, on on things uh, again back on the CRA thing you know I, I I really don't have an opinion on it and the only reason they brought it up because they watch Monday show yeah 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 and and, and and we've been talking about it. yeah yeah and and good luck with that and I wish them all luck in the world but uh, right now I'm trying to figure just out seems like an interesting position on the downtown mall and 2.7 million dollar purchase for uh, an organization that is about creating housing yeah I don't. I don't have a dog in the fight. You know, I, I, I don't have a dog in this fight. You're trying it. I, I know. I just don't. I know. Have, it's so close. Though. I don't. So I close. don't. I really don't have a dog in a fight. I don't have an opinion. I will tell you, as one who chairs a nonprofit and a, oh, no, and a housing affordable uh, regional housing partnership, you know, if it's truly they need offices, then they need offices. And how they get around to that, again, I'm not in the loop on it. And. You know, I wish them only the best of luck, and I hope it works out okay for them. But I'm going to focus on this inventory and helping people, and how can I help these two, these two lovely ladies move on to the next part of their life and sell their homes and get as much money for them as I possibly can. That's where I'm going to focus. Keith on. Smith moves mountains. Yes, Realty Partners. I, I think those are two mountains. I, you know. What's the old thing? If the mountain doesn't come to Muhammad, Muhammad will go to the mountain, or vice versa. I can't remember how. I might have got that backwards. Just laughing. Right? Did I get that backwards? Sounds about right. I, I think, I think I that sounds about right. right. Yeah. I think, I think I might have dyslexed that one big time. Right? If Muhammad, if the mountain doesn't come to Muhammad, Muhammad will come to the mountain, or vice versa. Up. Catherine has said you did an excellent job on today's show. Thank you. Thank you. I, I wanted. I, I promised folks we would look at. We would look at Louisa. I'm going to continue to look at Louisa. I think you're going to see, you know, Spring Creek continue to grow. It is going to be at a couple of hundred thousand dollar price point better than, higher than Lake Monticello. Lake Monticello is a little on the, on the, on the low side. There's way more inventory available percentage-wise at Spring Creek, but you're also spending a lot more money on it. So... Keith Smith, Yes Realty Partners. Find him online at yesrealtypartners.com. He will help folks buy and sell their homes. Yes Realty Partners. Something like that. Multiple folks have said they're very excited for Woody Fincham on yeah, Friday. looking forward to Woody. Woody's Woody always Fincham fun. is a fantastic appraiser. Judah Wickhauer, did you find that? Uh... Uh, you were correct. Right. Oh, right. Keith Smith was correct. Damn, look at that. I got one right. <laughs> you did a great job today. Uh, you know, I... I, I, I Spent the a couple data, hours. I see that. I spent a couple hours this morning making sure I knew I wasn't very prepared on Monday. I know you're not, I'm not supposed to say that, but I wasn't. Well, you were with your grandkids, I and was, you should highlight the uh, Chris Fairchild show. Yeah, so that I believe is on the ninth. Okay. So it'll be Tony O'Brien. Tony O'Brien and Chris Fairchild from Fluvanna County Board. And of they're always fun to have. They are a difference of opinion on housing for sure. Uh, so it's interesting if if you're uh, if you care about Fluvanna County. Uh, 
you want to hear that, this would be a great opportunity. Fantastic. Keith Smith, his show archived at realtalkwithkeithsmith.com. Judah Wickhauer, the director and producer. This is Real Talk with Keith Smith that is absolutely one of our favorite programs to produce. The I Love Seville show is up at 12.30 p.m. A lot to cover on the program. Sounds like Judah Wickhauer has got a lot of commentary he wants to offer on the I Love Seville show. Can't you tell his face of confidence right there? You, you can't wait for 12.30, can't you? I, I, I see his face of confidence oh, as well. Uh, for Keith and Judah, my name is Jerry. And thank Everything you is on that man's face. Oh, I know. He's not a poker <laughs> player. Uh, for Keith and Judah, I'm Jerry, and thank you kindly for joining us. Take care. <laughs>